Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to In the Barber Zone Radio with your man Chavez Bowman. You are in the Barber Zone tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling. Y'all, we're back. We haven't been on the air for a while. Uh, you know, the whole COVID situation uh, had us shut down for a little bit. And if you know me, you know I'm a high-energy, positive type of person. So all the negativity with the, with the, uh, the COVID and then all the situations with the police brutality and, um, you know, the racism and all the negativity that's going on in our country kind of gets boiled down for a little bit. But, hey, I'm back um, stronger than ever. So welcome, welcome to In the Barber Zone. This is our first episode after COVID has hit us. We get through the pandemic, and, you know, we're trying to get back to some normalcy. So uh, welcome, welcome you guys tonight. Um, we're here. We'll be talking about something that's been affected by COVID and, you know, it's something that we really enjoy, it's something that we need, um, and that's college athletics, college sports. You know, it's football season, you know. I'm a Big Ten fan. You know, I'm a Buckeye fan, so not getting able to see the Buckeyes last Saturday that, you know, in the shop. Buckeye Saturday didn't have no Buckeye gear. That that didn't that did that didn't sit kind of right with the boys. So um, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, it, it's about time to go back on the air, and and let's talk about this thing. So what better way to start a brand new season of in the Barber Zone, a brand new season of college sports and athletics, than have a show about it, and you know. What better way to start my new season off than with my daughter? You know, the show about education and sports, not just on the field, but we're going to talk about the off-the-field stuff that happens too. So, y'all, I'm having a proud dad moment. So uh, tonight's guest will be my daughter, Sydney Moment. Uh, If you know, if you know me, uh, you know, talk about her a lot. I'm really proud of her, so. Um, this going to be a real good show. I might get a little, you know, query, little teary eye for a minute, but, hey, that's what proud dads do. So, uh, you know, um, we're going to be here talking about college, you know, COVID effects on college or education and athletics on the collegiate side. Because, you know, that's the official that's the official topic for tonight. So thank you for uh, – it's going to be about an hour. So thank you for spending the time in the barber zone with your man, Chavez. The number there's, – there's a few ways to check us out. You can go to right 
to barberzoneradio.com. Tap in. You can click the link and go right to the show. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash barberzone. And right there from the page, you can click on to the show. Um, you can click on from the Facebook page, which is Barber Zone Radio. Or if you want to, you can call directly in 914-205-5374. Click one. Excuse me to put you in my queue and then let you know, let me know you got something to say. You want to tap into the topic this evening. So, uh, uh, we, um, man, this feels good to be back on the air. Haven't been on for a while. And and I gotta tell you, it was a talk that I had with my brother, my you know my my brother my my, my brother my pastor brother, my Central State brother Ian Cox man. We we had a long talk um, over the weekend, and we were just talking about things going on in his church, and you know things going on in the barbershop. And he asked me directly about the show, and you know I talked about you know how it got to me a little bit with the COVID and then all the racism and everything goes on, but he was like, there's, that's your platform. And you need to get back on the radio because you being on there is going to affect somebody's life in a positive way. So you need to get back on. And what he said to me was, if you have time. He didn't make a demand on me, but he said, if you have time, you need to get back on the radio. You need to get your voice back out there so you can do some positive in somebody's life. So um, big up to my man, Ian. Thank you. Um, but also, Ian Sydney has talked about, I have talked to her about when I got back on the radio that I would like to have her as a guest. And this is the topic that, you know, this is the type of topic we would like to talk about because that's something that, you know, we talk about in the sports, I mean, in the shop, and we get about it from different angles. So I want to hear about it from her angle, somebody that on the inside and that does it. So, you know, I'm going to have a proud dad moment. But, um, Sydney, go ahead and, and press one when you're ready and let me know that, 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 that you're ready to talk and that I'll get you on the line and we can get started. So, uh, you guys, thank you again. You're in the Barber Zone with your man, Chavez. Chavez moment right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash barberzone. Uh, barberzone.radio, I mean, barberzoneradio.com, and you know, that's where you can find us. So, uh, without further ado, I'm gonna bring somebody y'all here about a lot, and y'all see a few pictures because I get in trouble when she, you know, when I take pictures. But, uh, you're in the barber zone tonight. Welcome, are you on there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, can you uh, hear me? Let me see. I might have to put my other headphones on, but yeah. Speak up just a little bit more. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Can, can you hear me good. now? All right, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking your time out. I know you just got out of meetings and all that stuff. You're tired, so uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, You're very good. First of all, I'm not going to tell them because I'm going to be on some bragging type stuff, but uh, so the people that don't know who you are and what you do, first of all, let them know who you are, what you do, what your background is. So when we start talking about this topic, they're not just saying you're on here just because of my daughter. They know that you got some, uh, some, some skills behind you. So go ahead and brag about yourself a little bit. 
Right. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Sydney Moman. I currently serve as Student Athlete Development Coordinator at the University of Washington. Um, I was previously at the University of Illinois for a year, serving in the Assistant Student Athlete Development Coordinator role. Um, and then while at, in school at the University of Cincinnati, um, I've been an intern, student worker, and graduate assistant in a lot of different areas, um, football recruiting, compliance, sports services, and academic support. Um, so that's my background. I've been privileged to have a larger um, view and scope of both high level and intricate details of how things operate um, within college athletics. And all of those experiences have brought me to where I am today. Can you hear me? Are we having technical difficulties tonight? I mean, I know, I think Microsoft Teams was down today, I heard. Zoom's had some issues for folks who use Zoom and Microsoft Teams. So I would not be surprised if technology everywhere has started going down. Okay, I'm back, I'm back. Uh, I'm sorry, I switched from one headset to another. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I'm sorry about that one. I, I switched and it, and it disconnected me. So um, I didn't hear what you said. Did you finish going ahead and saying who you were? Yep, I was all good. So you, you already said it? Yes, I did. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I already know who she is. So um, let them know. Okay. So. I'm sorry, y'all. We had some little technical difficulties. I'm back here. I had to switch headsets because the other ones kind of went out on me. So, y'all, Barbara's on radio. Your man, Chavez Moment. I'm here with uh, Sydney Moment, my daughter. She just told you exactly who, you, who she is and what she does. So we're going to talk about COVID's effect in, on education and sports on a collegiate level. So, um you told them exactly what you do. Uh, well, let's let, let's start from the beginning. What made you What made you choose athletics when you know you graduated from? I know you ain't telling where you graduated from and all that stuff, did you? From the beginning. I uh, graduated college, yes. Uh, they, they know that I went to the University of Cincinnati. I have um, two degrees from there, both in sport administration. Okay, yeah. All right. So when um and you guys let, let me give you a little background if you don't know. Sydney's my only child and um, you know, I'm very athletic, but she really wasn't athletic and you know, she played soccer in school and all that, hurt her ankle and then she said, Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm cool, I ain't playing no more, I'm done. So I really didn't get to enjoy, you know, the athletic going to see her play sports and all that good stuff. But one thing I wanted to expose her to was sports and athletics. So I took her to a lot of games and a lot of sporting events, and she got to see me and my brother play and stuff like that. So when she graduated from Columbus School for Girls and went to the University of Cincinnati and said that she wanted to study 
sports administration. I'm like, huh? She wasn't athletic at all or none of that. So it it, kind of threw me for a shock. But, um, and I'm going to say this, and, and this is what I tell people, and I'll let you have an opportunity to tell it yourself, that me being athletic and so when I talk to young men, when I talk to my clients and they say, ask them what they want to be, and they say, I want to be a football player, I want to be a basketball player. I'm like, no, don't be the player, be the administrator. Don't be the one on the field, be the one that's writing the checks or writing the contracts and things like that. So um, you never know what you're doing and what you're saying to people, how it affects your children. So I kind of feel that a little bit me doing that while you was growing up is how you kind of chose that. Maybe that's a selfish way of me looking at it, but what made you choose athletics and, you know, an administrative type sense when you went to school? Yeah, so it really went from me um, being a fan and knowing that, particularly um, a fan of basketball, and knowing that I never wanted to be a player. And so, obviously, since I wasn't a player, I wasn't going to go down the coaching route. Um, And so, just kind of by, you know, the sport-related notifications that you get on your phone, I discovered um, the different administrative roles that are within athletics. And from there, I really just did my research. me, when I graduated from um, high school, I thought that I would be going into law school after I finished my undergrad career, um, but that's not what happened. So, um, obviously by choice, um, but just by doing my research um, on the different roles um, and the, the career path within um, both professional sport and college sport, I chose college sport because um, I've always been attracted to Um, underserved populations, and I consider um, college athletes as some of those underserved populations, um, some of those more isolated populations, um, a special population, and so just by the experience that I got while I was in school, um, the further, the more work that I did, the more I was exposed to, I realized that I wanted to stay Um, on the college level, you know, my interest in education and my interest in, you know, being a professor one day, I'm able to do all of that within my job now. And so, like I said, just during experience, it just really grew from there. Um, And I got started early. So I was able to navigate the waters and pinpoint exactly what it is that I wanted to do. Um, And once I decided that, that became my focus and really started my path to student-athlete development specifically. Okay, so what is it that you do? What is it that you do on a daily basis? Say, say you get a a high school student that comes into um, a university. What is it that you do to help that student on the educational side as a student athlete? So I think the best way to describe um, student athlete development administrators is our role is complementary to the academic piece. So if a 
high school student graduates, say this is their normal year, they graduate in June, um, through the summer, they'll go through what we call summer bridge programs, and that's all of your um, preparation for college um, education. And so then from there, based on how the program is built, um, we do all of the mandatory programming. Well, I'll just speak for myself. Um, I'll be doing all the mandatory programming. That's your sexual assault and harassment training. That's your Title IX. That's your drugs and alcohol education. Um, student athlete development professionals do all the life skills stuff. So up until maybe like five years ago, the term life skills is what was used for what we do. Uh, but now the scope has broadened. Um, we do the education for life after sport. We do the experiential learning, whether um, that's like job shadowing, internships, all that personal development, all of the professional development and the career development stuff. Um, that's what we do your workshops, like I mentioned before, your first year experience, um, financial literacy. Um, we also have SAC, uh, some, like some institutions, if they're smaller and have fewer staff members, sometimes the compliance people um, advise SAC, and that's your student athlete advisory committee. It's advisory board at some schools. Um, that group does, is responsible for like having the student athlete voice on campus and then within the NCAA in your conference. So education for that particular group mostly lies within like rules, interpretation, um, NCAA and conference rules, and then they go off and um, decide, you know, on different things, how they want to vote or how they want to provide input, and it just goes up the chain from there. Um, and we do diversity, equity, and diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And something that's more recent that folks might see is that voter education piece. Um, so more likely than so not, so, not so, development professional. So, so, so basically, y'all make sure that so make sure y'all make sure that they're not the quote unquote the dumb jock. So when, when so when we hear that um, that the students have a rigorous schedule on what they need to do and where they need to be on how to achieve on an academic level, so that's the type of things that you guys make sure happen. Correct. Right. Well, that's more so, yeah, your academic yeah. advisors, but at some institutions, your academic advisor may also be the student-athlete development person. That's just not my case. So um, I'm doing all that complimentary yeah. work um, to help prepare them for life but, to be, you know, a good citizen. Life. So, yeah, so yep. and so the life after whatever sport it may be. So with, with right. you doing all that, like like you said at the beginning, in a normal setting, so how has COVID, how has COVID changed the way that you approach, you know, the student athlete? What, what things have been have been changed in like your daily routine? Um, a lot of things. So first of all, everything is virtual now. Um, so workshops and events will now be held virtually. I'm currently in the thick of planning a virtual new student athlete orientation. Um, our student athlete advisory board is. Um, planning a virtual kickoff, which is usually a kickoff barbecue. So obviously that barbecue piece won't be there. Um, classes yeah. are online for student athletes, so we have to work through that. Um, difference, differences within tutor schedules, academic schedules, um, you know, asynchronous versus synchronous classes. 
Um, so it just really changed what their time looks like. And then, of course, what their interest looks like. There's a lot of people who have said this is a great time for student-athlete development professionals to shine, which it is true, but we also have to look at the fact that um, some student-athletes are very much checked out of everything, and we have to watch what we do because if they're on Zoom all day, for classes, they're not going to want to then spend another hour and a half on a Zoom meeting with us, no matter what the topic is. Um, so that's really yeah. changed what so, we can do. Okay, so in that so in that case, if if you get a student athlete that you find that the the events of COVID and the new Zoom technology and all those things are wearing on them. What 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 things do you do to keep them motivated? So now that they're now so that they'll be able to be motivated to focus on their education and still be able to go to focus and be on on, on task for whatever sport they're in. What do you guys What do you guys do? Um, and I know it's all new, but what do you guys do to help keep them motivated, keep them focused? Yeah, it really depends on the on the uh, relationship that you have with the student athlete. So me personally, um, I'm very big on that relationship building piece. So what I'll do is, um, you know, get them on the phone or get them on a Zoom call um, and remind them of what their goals are and how although they're not playing a sport right now, well, at least in my student-athlete's case, they're not playing a sport right now, those goals don't change. Um, the circumstances have, but the goal hasn't changed. Um, so making sure that we're reinforcing what it is that they're trying to get out of this. What is the end goal? Um, even if the end goal is um, being a professional athlete, okay, so you actually playing is only a chunk of that. There are other pieces to being a professional athlete that you have to make sure that you're prepared for. So let's work on those um, during this time. And, of course, the academic piece is a big part of that. Um, so the academic advisors, like I said, are taking care of that, but I'll be working with them on other skills outside of um, everything that they're doing on the field. So, like I said, just making sure that I'm aware of what their goals are um, and what their motivators are, what kills their motivation. Um, so I'm just really honing in on those pieces. Okay. So that's y'all, y'all hearing it. So we get to hear that our student athletes, you know, a lot of times we hear that they're just, you know, used up as athletes and then they don't have anybody uh, helping them, guiding them through life and guiding them through school that, you know, they use them for whatever money they can get out of them. So right here you get to hear that there are individuals that help them matriculate through school as an individual, as a student, and as an athlete. So, you know, when we have these conversations about student-athletes, you got to look at them a different way. And, you know, a lot of you guys hear me talk about, um, you know, student-athletes and things that go on, and that goes from my life experience and then also from – you know, the the conversations I have with Sydney. So uh again, you guys thank you. You're 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 in the barber zone with your man Surveillance moment right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio dot com slash barberzone or just find us straight up at barberzoneradio dot com. The number is nine one four two oh five five three seven four. We're on here tonight and we're talking about COVID nineteen education and sports, 
how that's been affected on the college level. And I have, let me see, I got people texting me, telling me good things. So, yeah. Hey, good brother, I know you're listening to the show. In a moment, we're going to go to the, we're going to go, to the lines and have you guys be able to say some things. So hold on to that, brother. Brother Ray, I see you, and I want to hear you on the line in a few minutes. But, um, you, know, you guys, we're talking about how COVID has, has affected education and sports on a collegiate level. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, players are looked at as, as dumb jocks, and, you know, they're, they're just there to get to the NFL or they're just there to get to MLB or, you know, basketball or whatever whatever it may be. Um, in those cases, they are true. But there are still people behind the scenes to help them make sure that when they do make that step, when they do make that jump, that it is the correct, that it is the correct step and that they have things in place that they will be successful in whatever sport they're playing and then, in their life with their life skills. So, um, you know, I have my daughter Sydney moment on the line and she um, has a lot of experience in that. That's what she's doing right now. So um, I thought it would be kind of great to have her on the line and, and talk about it a little bit. So let's see here. We'll get to the line in a minute. I see you guys is lighting it up. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining in. Um, it's barbazoneradio.com. Nine one four two zero five five three seven four. That's the number you can call if you like to tap in. You might be listening to our Facebook page or Instagram page or right through BarberZoneRadio.com. I thank you. I appreciate you, and um, you know, spread the word about the show. So uh, we're gonna move on a little bit, and because y'all know, I'm in Ohio, man. I'm a Buckeye fan. Sydney's in Ohio. She's a Buckeye fan. We like Big Ten sports. We like Big Ten football right now. The Buckeyes, they're supposed to be on the field. We've already missed a week. So, Sydney, I asked you, with, you know, the whole COVID pan- pandemic, got everything shut down. You know, the whole country's been shut down for six months. And now it's time for football. And now it's time for the players to get back to the field in your professional in your day-to-day in your behind the scenes experience. What do you feel about football getting back to the field? And, you know, if, well, if, if you do feel we should, what should be in place? I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that our football student athletes are not the only student athletes being affected by this. Um, volleyball is not playing, cross country isn't playing, um, and soccer isn't playing. So um, I have to acknowledge those student-athletes as well, but I'm also highly aware that folks only care about football and men's basketball. Um, See, so hey, see y'all? That- see y'all? Hey, Sydney, hold on one second. See y'all? That's why I got her on the line because right now we're only thinking about football, but we don't think about the other athletes that are that are affected by this covid and this, you know, fall season football, I mean, this fall season sports. So thank you for addressing that, Sydney. Now, go ahead. I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but thank you for making that point. No, yeah, you're good. Um, my personal opinion is I understand why um, 
certain conferences and divisions are not playing sport right now, um, there's still a lot of unknowns with this coronavirus. And so you're mixing a lot of different students who are in different states, different states who have different um, coronavirus numbers who are in different phases. Um, you know, numbers are going down in some places and then they're spiking in others. We also have to look at the fact that testing rates for every area are not the same. Um, so without saying too much, there are some conferences that some schools were able to get, you know, testing results back faster than other schools were. So, you know, if we are having a game on Saturday, um, you know, and we're testing on, I don't know, Thursday, um, some institution A, they might get their results back by Friday, so they'll know whether or not, you know, X, Y, and Z player will be able to make that trip or play in that game. Whereas if at institution B, if they take their tests on Thursday and they don't get their results back until Monday or Tuesday, then we don't know what their status is. So there's just too much unknown um, when it comes to that. And I am student athlete first. I'm always concerned about their well-being. And so I understand that, you know, they want to play. A big piece of it is a lot of student athletes, not just football athletes, do have professional um, aspirations. And really my only, like, pro for side of this is the fact that they are losing film um, during this time. But folks are also getting extensions, and they're also allowed to extend eligibility. So for our student-athletes who are looking at the piece of it, is they have more time to finish their current degree, or they can start another one, um, or they're being given more time uh, to get filmed to go to the next level, those options are there. Um, I personally, I don't think that folks should be playing right now. I think we're looking at this um, for fall sports at – in the winter or semester um, sessions is a good thing, and that's what folks are looking at. Um, and then pushing up our winter sports and seeing what that will look like. Some uh, sports that start in November, like your basketballs and your wrestling, are being looked at being started in January 2021. Um, that's what I'm leaning more toward. But, of course, the folks who have the loudest voices are the ones, you know, that are protesting this. And, um, of course, over the summer you saw – some student athletes saying that they're in, that the NCAA didn't care, doesn't care about them. And what I've learned is when folks say the NCAA, they don't necessarily mean the NCAA because the NCAA is merely enforcing um, rules that are voted upon by folks at conferences and on college campuses. So while you know you may be pointing your finger at such and such at the NCAA, which you don't know is your favorite college administrator is the one who voted that legislation in to be. Um, so when yeah. we're looking at that, um, I just I that, that's where that's where my opinion is. But you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, it's positive for those conferences who are playing. Um, we might see some movement within the Big Ten. Um, I'm not sure how other conferences will go forward, but. Um, that's from my opinion, Mike. Yeah, yeah, because I I I believe if if I'm not if I'm correct that the Big Ten should be voting right about this time. I, I believe they're having another vote tonight on whether to yeah. get back on the field. And but I I kind of I kind of think that 
with the politics and the economics of sports that the Big Ten will get back to football, seeing how uh, Ohio State is such a powerful force in the whole college football scene right now. So, um, yeah, because it it was kind of weird not seeing – seeing the Buckeyes on the field, but I, I totally understand. And what I was telling people is that you have athletes that are on the field that, you know, play against other athletes from other parts of the country, whatever team it may be, and now they interact with each other, and then they're going to go interact with other students on campus. So their dynamic is a whole difference than just a regular student. Now, maybe if it was a situation, maybe if it was a situation like the NBA did where the students were able to be kept in some type of bubble, um, isolated from students, that may be something different, but we know that's not going to happen. So um, we'll see how that goes with the college college sports and all that good stuff. So it would be good to see them on the field. But if we don't, we understand that, you know, health comes first. And now you actually have to be a actual student and not just a student, not just a athlete, you know, um, being, being a student athlete. You, you can you just be a, um, a student. So. Um, let's see. So you, let me see. See, people. What happens is people ask me questions. They start texting me and sending me messages and asking me questions. When you can just call in. Hey, if you're listening to the show, call it nine one four two zero five five three seven four. I want I I want to hear your opinions here on the show so we can talk about them and discuss them and not just. You know, you text me or send me voice messages. So, but I appreciate you listening. I love it. I appreciate you. Without you listening, it'll just be me and Sydney sitting here talking like we were sitting in the living room or something. But um, I appreciate you guys all over the country. I see we got, you know, the switchboard is lit up, but nobody's pressing one. So, if you want to tap into the topic that we have tonight COVID 19, the pandemic. How has it affected education on a collegiate level? That's the topic of the night today. So if you want to tap in, call 914-205-5374 and press 1. And then that lets me know that, that, that you would like to make a comment. And, you know, we can have a little dialogue back, back and forth on um, what you feel about the topic. All right, Sydney. after, you know, after this season, after we get a vaccine and, all this COVID stuff and pandemic over, this COVID uh, under control, what do you see or how do you see the future of education and sports administration when it comes to our student athletes? Do you think that uh, Zoom calls and virtual meetings and classes are going to be the new normal or will we go back to what we knew as traditional education and uh, communication on those levels? Yeah, when I when when it, when we talk about the class piece, 
um, I think, because to be honest, some students were working in a hybrid model, you know, anyway, from any semester you could have, you know, half online classes and half in-person classes. Um, so that piece will remain the same. I think it might take a while for campuses to be fully um, comfortable with having all of their students back and uh, predominantly on or in person, excuse me, but I think, you know, we'll see more of that next year. Um, but when we're looking at the athletic piece of it, um, we're, we're, we're looking at what our necessities are right now, um, just to be frank with you. So I think that moving forward, um, fat will continue to be trimmed. Um, I think roles will continue to evolve. Um, hopefully we'll value our staff more um, and, you know, their well-being and, um, you know, just their safety as a whole. I think the safety measures that we've had in place, um, you know, we're, we're good with what we were dealing with. I think that we will um, continue to look at underlying um, health issues, which like, I, like we have for many years, but I think that, will, that uh, sports medicine space will continue to evolve. Um, and I hope that more eyes will be opened when it comes to our student athletes about um, what next look like, looks like for them. Um, they are seeing that your sport can be taken away from you in the blink of an eye. You know, back at the end of February, early March, um, when I was at Illinois, our men's basketball team left for the tournament, I think on Tuesday, and on Thursday it was canceled, and they came back um, on the same bus. So students are seeing that, um, which to me, it's like y'all see folks get injured every day. So you know that um, your career can end in the blink of an eye, but typically that was like the only piece that we saw, those career-ending injuries. But now we're really seeing that we're really not in control of anything. So hopefully moving forward, um, you know, they'll keep that in mind and really take more advantage of, um, the student-athlete development and preparatory resources that they do have on their campus, whether that's within the athletic department yeah. or on campus for those student-athletes who don't have an in-house support staff. Yeah, so that's, that, that was going to be my next question. So how have, how have the student-athletes adjusted or how have they, how have they accepted the, 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 the new normal of you know, the online classes and have to be more studious and focused on their future and their future as human beings and not just their future as athletes. Because like you said, you had basketball teams that already had left campus for the tournament last year, only to get to the tournament to find out they wouldn't be able to play. So for a lot of them, that meant their basketball career pretty much was over because they were counting on their performances in the tournament to elevate them to a next level. So how have, how have the, the athletes that you work with, you know, uh, adjusted or how have they, you know, how have they felt about the whole COVID situation? Um, really, it's been all over the board. Um, some of them have taken it very, very, very hard. Um, some of them, it humbled them. Um, some of them have looked at it like a break because they've been playing their sport since they were in elementary school. And this is the first time ever that they haven't, that they've gone an extended period of time not playing their sport. 
So some see it as a break. Um, some have expressed the fact that they are taking advantage of this time to search for themselves outside of their athletic identity and seeing what else is out there for them. And some of them are deep diving into passion projects. So, you know, you might see, I don't know, folks doing art or, you know, modeling with their friends on social media, writing more, starting blogs, whatever that looks like, Um and we've got, we've seen more student-athlete activism, um, more student-athletes wanting to be involved on their campuses. So it's really been all over the board, um, which, of course, makes it a bit more challenging to manage, but it's not anything different than what we've seen um, in a quote-unquote normal setting. So, um, but it's been interesting to watch the responses for sure. A lot of folks are still very much in shock. Yeah, that's a good one. So, so you, are, you are seeing more athletes getting into their creative sides and now have you seen uh, have you seen some that have you know seen that they have more of the creative side and they may want to focus on being that business person more than an athlete now that they've gotten a break and they've got to see that there's more to life than sports so have you seen like some shifts in some of them attitude towards you know, maybe I don't want to go to the NFL. Maybe I want to be a business person, or maybe I want to be a doctor. Has there been any shift in in in, in athletes like that? I personally have not worked with any students who have tried to abandon a professional sport career. I've I've heard of friends who have had student athletes who are second guessing that. Um, but I have, you know, student-athletes, especially ones who weren't counting on a professional sport career after school anyway, you know, are deep diving into um, – I had a student-athlete who wanted to put on a fashion show in a few years um, and get into uh, document, documentary films. So they're working on bettering their education around that piece. Um, student-athletes who wanted to go into the medical field, like you mentioned, who are taking this time to study for their MCAT more. Um, that Those are more so the things I've seen of, yeah, they might still be, um, like, trying their hand at the professional piece, but it's been more so that they are now training even more for their non-sport professional life. Um, they're, they're studying that and preparing for that at the same level as they had been preparing for their professional sport, professional career. Okay, that's sweet. That's a good yeah, point. Lots, okay, lots now, yeah, that see, because this has allowed them to see that not just that knee injury, but life can happen and the sport could be snatched from you, like right now. So that's that's a good thing, and it's a good thing that we have individuals like the sports administrative department and individuals like yourself to help them find their way while they're going through. So they're, they only, they, they don't look, they don't have tunnel vision when they only think that the only way they can make it is through their athleticism. So so that they can yeah. use their, their, their hands and their minds along with their body. So uh, you guys, Thank you. You're you're in the barber zone with your man Chavez moment right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash barberzone, or just find it straight up at barberzoneradio.com. Check us on the Facebook page, the Instagram, and if you want to call in, the number is 914-205-5374. That's 914-205-5374. 
call in, press one, and let us know if you want to tap into this topic right here. Has the 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 COVID nineteen effect on education and sports on the collegiate level? And I got the honor of having my daughter Sydney Moman as my guest tonight, and we're having a good conversation about you know athletics and sports and education and. Uh, let me see. We got a, probably another fifteen minutes or so. So, but before we get on, okay, Sydney, real quick, I, I would, I would, I would kind of, you know, it's kind of be crazy not to ask this, you know, with the whole climate of, you know, what's going on in America. How has the whole racism and you know social injustice uh, affected your students and? Um, the college sports uh, arena. What 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 changes or what effects have you seen from you know the racism and all that stuff that's going on in the country? Um, well, I've seen a definite shift in the people who say that they're doing the work and the people who are actually doing the work. Um, a lot of student athletes have come together um, at this time. And you've seen them participating in protests, whether that is on campus, in their communities, um, or demonstrations that they have um, planned themselves for their um, athletic departments. A lot of listening sessions that have been happening, and there actually are many athletic departments who are starting at ground zero doing the work. Um, Climate assessments are being done. Um, and then taking, obviously, dissecting that information and seeing what changes need to be implemented. Um, more universities are hiring. Um, you'll see the title chief um, diversity officer or that title is being added to um, a current staff member's um, job duties, which, honestly, I thought that that was one of the required designations. Um, but I've seen that that actually is not true. Um, but many folks are um, looking at that. For whatever reason, this time, um, you know, people are waking up about it, and whatever, people get it when they get it. Um, but a lot of student <laughs> activism, a lot of staff members um, are waking up and seeing um, the realistic side of their, um, of their, of their campuses, their institutions. And another key piece that I would be remiss if I didn't add is fans and their thoughts and views and opinions and attitudes are really coming out. And I will tell you the student athletes are taking notes. Um, we're seeing a lot of people um, from various backgrounds and walks of life sharing their opinions on uh, student athlete activism and even dif- different voting education initiatives. Um, they're seeing who loves them on game day but can't stand them and their identities outside of that. So a lot of waking up oh, is wow. happening on campuses. Um, so just planning from there, seeing how they can take part in the change is happening. Um, it was a part of a three-hour session that I was in today, actually, um, of my staff preparing to um, do that work and see where we go from here. Yeah, because that that was, that was going to be the other thing that I was going to ask. Has there have you seen a increase in quote unquote diversity training, and you know the quote unquote the talks about you know racism and stuff? Because now you're you're right, players get to see that 
the only reason they like you, the only reason they cheer for you is because you scored touchdowns on Saturday. But on Monday morning, they call you out your name and they degrade you when they get to work with their friends. So you're only good to them for the four years or however long you decide to stay at the university and as long as they can use you up and they can cheer for you on, on Saturdays and enjoy your tailgate and, and, and put the number on your back as long as you're at the school and you're making them win and you're making them look good on um, on Saturday morning. So, uh, yeah, so this COVID, uh, COVID situation is – it's it's a bad thing as uh, far as the whole death and the pandemic and and the negativity that is that that it, that it occurs with all of that but far as that are going to come from covid and the changes that are going to come from covid and the whole thing about racism and you know the spark with the George Floyd thing and and, and uh continuing with the Breonna Taylor and all the other people, no disrespect to anybody else was done. I just can't remember all the names. But the the, the COVID nineteen and the racial climate in twenty twenty is going to make a lot of positive changes that have need to be made in the United States in a long time. It's like you said, it's opening up some eyes of individuals that that were quote unquote blinded for a long time, so it's showing a lot of people's true colors, and with the and with the the head and you know the the, the leadership of this country and the way that's going, that can be really detrimental to our country and the individuals in our country. But now we have. A group of individuals, as you know, as I've been talking to people in the barbershop and things, we had the individuals like uh, Mama's era that were, you know, we're not gonna rile them up, you know, uh, nonviolent, turn the other cheek, and then you have my generation was. We're going to overthrow. We're we're going to take over through education. We'll get education, and then we'll be powerful, and then we'll be able to fight the fight the power or fight the system. We've seen that didn't happen. So now we have your generation and the generations that is right below you that are like no more talking. You did our grandparents and you did our parents wrong. So now we're about to take some action. And that's where the country mm-hmm. has come through. So it's going to be, and, you know, we used to say, you know, when we were in college, the revolution will not be televised. But your generation is like, yes, the relev- the revolution will be televised. It will be Facebook live. It will be Instagram live. It will be live, mm-hmm. live and direct in your face. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's now, you know, time for a change and, I just I just thank you for choosing, you know, to be the person you are and to help with, you know, the student athletes and in the direction that that, you know, they go further in life because what what you told me was you was like, Dad, I don't like the way they treat students. Or I no, you said Dad, I don't like the way they treat athletes. 
And I don't know if you remember what I said to you. I said, well, what you going to do about it? And then, you know, you've gone on to do what you're doing right now. And, you know, just I've told you so much, and I'm telling everybody publicly, I'm proud of you, and I, I, I love everything you're doing, and I just can't be more prouder as a father, and I know your mom is proud of you. Thank you very much. Momo's proud of you. And you already know Papa's proud of you. Mm-hmm. So I just thank you. And uh, I got somebody else just got on the line. They might want to say something about you, too. So just thank you for being the person you are because you just don't know. Well, I'm sure you do. The individuals that I see every day and how I hear them talk about their children and how I see them don't have relationships with their children. And what I tell brothers every day is don't let what happens between you and your child's mother affect your relationship. You be there and you be there in their life. And one day, like you told me, Dad, I don't care what anybody says about you. I love you and I'm proud of you. That's one of the greatest things that I'm proud of. So I'm proud of Mm -hmm. the young lady that you are and that you're going to be. Oh, my screen just went down. I need to try to get on here because I wanted to get Ah, uh, uh, man. Okay, you can Uh-oh. still hear me, though. The show's still on, but can you hear me? Yes, I can. Huh? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, my, my little screen went down. I was trying to bring uh somebody on the phone. Hopefully, they'll, they'll still be there, and hopefully this laptop will get back up because we got, let me see, five more minutes on the phone, so... Individuals that are on the line still hold on to the line. I'm, we still here. This technology is crazy. I don't know what just happened. This laptop screen just went down. So I'm going to see if I can get on the other one. But before we get off the line, is there anything else you want to say about the topic that that we talked about tonight or anything you want to say about the show or anything? You know, I'm just, you know, grateful to have had an hour to talk about some of this stuff because um, just being transparent, one of my biggest frustrations is um, the trolling that happens on a daily basis, and um, the loudest voice is always the voice of the haters, and um, those of us who are on the inside, I mean, it makes sense, um, but we're not always able to, you know, educate, and I'll be honest and say that I think some, um, you know, institutions, uh, whether it's the NCAA, whether it's institutions um, individually or conferences, um, due to professionalism, don't always, um, you know, defend themselves or educate as openly as some of us believe that they could. So then the trolling is able to go on. So I just always urge people to, you know, take your fan hat off. Um, because even your professional athletes, their, you know, entire purpose isn't only, like, for your entertainment. 
So I always like to encourage people to think about things from multiple different angles, you know, go out and read some things that might not align with what your views are or your opinions are, um, and really look at, you know, comments coming from individuals. Um, I would prefer that our student-athletes continue to educate themselves so that they aren't going out making statements that are not true and fuel the trolling. Um, but I also just encourage people, or I always encourage people to do their research because this information is out there. Um, the NCAA has this information on their website. You can find certain information on conference websites. So um, I, like I said, encourage people to um, do their research and get educated and uh, before they form opinions. And so, you know, thank you again for allowing me to come on and just share uh, my slice of what goes on every day. Alrighty, all right. I, okay, I got my thing back up on my tablet. Thank God for tablets. Uh, so we still got a couple of people on the line. We got a few minutes. If you want to say something, press one, or I might just put you on the spot so you can say something. You've been on here for a while, listening and all that stuff, and then one of you had just got on here. So, um, let me see, because we got a couple more minutes on here. Yeah. So, because I just wanted to do this show, so. We could talk about it and, you know, hear it from the inside because so many people are standing on the outside saying this and saying that. And then, you know, uh, the students are just being used as a piece of meat and they only get them for what they can get out of them. And, you know, my whole thing is as a student, when you sign up, when you sign that letter, the first thing you get is that T-shirt that says has your school name on it. But they forget the two words that's above it that says property of. You now are property of the school until you sign your exit letter. So your whole vision is to get an education. Your athleticism is what got you there, but your, your athleticism is what's going to sustain you. So, all right. We got somebody on here that you know for a long time that might want to say something. So, and and here's how I do it when you call on the phone. I, I, I say your I say your first numbers and I leave the last four out. So, calling from six one four 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 seven. Who do we have on the line with us today? It's your aunt Karen, Sydney. Can how you are hear? you? Hello, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I stepped in a little late. Couldn't get in at first, but that's okay. I'm going to stick it in. Just want to tell you how much I love you <laughs> and how proud I am. Um, thank I think you, so you already know that. I kind of, I kind of followed you all through your life. Have been there through <laughs> some uh, very, very exciting moments, and um, you know, you are our future. And without you, um, you know, we can't be what tomorrow might should be. So I just tell you to continue on what you're doing. Um, you know, understand that you're not going to please everybody, but everybody's not meant to be pleased. Um, stay on your road and understand who you are, as you always have, and you'll be just fine. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. You said yes, there ma'am. You say okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> Oh, I was drinking my water. Uh oh. Let me see. Oh, uh, but people I'm glad about, can I still, still get on the show? People talk about can I still get on the show? 
man, the show is almost over. If you ain't called in now, you'd have missed it. But um, I want to thank everybody who did tap into the show. And you can hear it at a, at any time. Just go to Barber's Own Radio. Just click on the show, and you can go back and hear what we talked about. We've been on here an hour talking about COVID-19's effect on education and athletics on a college level. And I was honored enough to have my daughter, Sydney Moment, as my guest. So we've had a real good conversation on the COVID-19 situation and how it's affected the the whole college scene, not just football, but all the all the sports that are um, that are being played right now: volleyball, soccer, and Sydney. What's the other one? There's one more besides football. It's like cross four country. sports. So how cross country? Cross yeah. country. Yes. So how those have been affected by uh, COVID nineteen from academic side, not just from performance on the field, but the academic side, how they've had to go to now to virtual learning instead of, you know, the in-class face-to-face situation and how that, how that's affected their daily routine and how it's affected, you know, their, their, their athletics, how they have to prepare differently for practice and, you know, juggle that with being a student and we're juggling that being with a regular person with a day-to-day life. So uh, we spent time talking about that. So if you want to check it out, feel free. Share it with a friend. Share it with your colleagues. And, you know, next week we'll be on here. And next week I'm going to talk about how COVID has affected the entertainment business, the film and movies and all of that, because y'all know, can't nobody go to a movie in the summertime. When the last time you had a summer and you ain't been to the movie? So we're going to talk about that next week. So, again, Sydney, I thank you. I thank you. I know you've had a long day and time for you to relax. Um, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your education and your insight. And um, I'm going to have you back on here again, but we're going to talk about a different topic. And everybody who called in, everybody who tapped into the show, I see you. You didn't you didn't press one. I guess you just wanted to hear us talk today, so but that's all good. Uh hopefully something that we said enlightened you in, in in regards to the COVID situation and how players are have are being handled and how they're being guided through this whole situation as they prepare to take the next step in their life. So again, thank you for being in the zone with your man Chavez moment. Until next week. Hey, be good to somebody, be a blessing and not a burden, and come get your head right next week in the Barber Zone. Peace, you guys. Have a great one. Good night.